A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Lorehounds Play. We're the Lorehounds, your guides to pixel-based adventures. I'm John. I'm Brandon, and this is our fifth The Lorehounds Play podcast, this time for Final Fantasy VII Remake. In this episode, we'll be breaking down the character spot and gameplay of Square Enix's first entry into a trilogy of games retelling the story from one game, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, before we get started, quick reminder that you can send feedback to lhp at thelorehounds.com or leave us a voicemail at thelorehounds.com slash contact, and we'll get to those questions in the next episode. If you're enjoying coverage of video games on our feed or any of the other shows we're covering and you'd like to support us directly, head over to patreon.com slash thelorehounds and subscribe today for early and ad-free access to all episodes and bonus content like Second Breakfast and Shireside Chats. Uh, another quick ask, please take a moment to rate the podcast and leave a review. Uh, ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast, uh, which helps us make more podcasts. Brandon, before we get started on Final Fantasy VII, we've been talking about how to sort of make this show a little bit more timely and relevant to the gaming industry in general when we record them. And so we've been playing around with format a little bit. So I think we're going to do this from now on. We're going to have a what you've been playing segment where we just five, ten minutes. We talk about what we've been doing. We're going to talk very briefly about gaming news. One or two big stories of the moment. Then we're going to do some discussion of the game spoiler free. uh, Give a little rating and then get into a full spoilery breakdown. Does that sound good to you? You know, it does sound good to me. Thank you for Delightful. asking. Delightful. Good, because that's what we're doing. Anyway, why don't we go right into the what we've been playing segment? What have you been playing? Uh, for me, it's an easy answer. I've been playing a whole bunch of Fortnite because I am now 12 years old. Um, Fortnite's great. It super is. I um, I feel like I've logged in once a year for the past like three or four years but this most recent time uh, where it like the hook finally set uh, a buddy just wanted like they needed like essentially a new player to uh, like get some quest done or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it happened to be me. And then I just I, uh, they had the fry skin in there. So I bought my first skin and now I run around <laughs> as fry and uh, I just fell in love with it. It's so much fun. It doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't hurt that destiny is in like 
kind of a dumpster fire right now. So I'm yeah, like, I'm kind of looking great. for something. But uh, yeah, I'm just finally hooked. Um, and that's almost entirely it. <laughs> I'm logging into Destiny like once once a week, maybe to grab some bullshit that resets weekly. And then that's it. Most of my time I'm I'm dropping in. Nice. I mean, Fortnite's great. You? Did they do they have the Guitar Hero stuff in there still? Uh, they do. So they added most recently Epic added two big modes to the game. Uh, the uh, it's made by Harmonix, too. It's called Fortnite Festivals. Um, OK. And it it's uh, just straight up like a Guitar Hero like game um, made by the people who made Guitar Hero in Fortnite. So right pretty pretty rock and roll i'm uh, I, I i love it but i'm not going to really spend much time until they and they are releasing like physical instruments for the game oh good i didn't know yes. they were doing that absolutely so you can bet your ass i'm gonna have a little plastic guitar and i'm gonna be shredding <laughs> again just like it's you know 2005 or whatever i love it i have a vivid memory of being in walmart and you know, remember how you had to crane your neck up to play the demo games? This is <laughs> yes. going to date both of us. But you had to crane your neck up to play the demo games. And I, I was playing through the Fire and Flames on Expert. And I failed to do this in front of a group of friends the day before. But in that mm-hmm. Walmart alone with no one around while my mom was getting socks, I beat through the Fire and Flames on Expert. And I Hell felt yes. so proud of myself and also so disappointed in myself (laughs) if a bear shits in the woods uh is there and there's no one around to smell it did it even shit is that how that saying goes i I guess so maybe maybe i'm lying to myself now maybe it never even happened (laughs) you just invented this this beautiful story about just absolutely shredding some dragon force (laughs) it's true it's true anyway anyway on to what i've been playing a little bit um pal world has taken over most of my gaming time i have a couple friends who have been helping me with this world that we're creating and we've been taking down dungeons we've been shooting pokemon and enslaving them and it's definitely going to get a copyright lawsuit at some point because they all look like pokemon uh and and not just in the style of pokemon but a lot of them look almost exactly like pokemon and that's gonna be a problem yeah, I've I've done like I've made a character and like just hopped into the game and walked around for a minute and been like, wow, this is busy. I can't do this while all my children are around because, uh, you know, it's just too complicated and I just don't have time. But um, I, I would say been... it's easier to get into that for me than Fortnite when I'm like multitasking. For sure. Yeah. I mean, because some Fortnite games will last, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and right. some will last five and you never know. So what are you going to do? But yeah, Pal World. Um, it's surprisingly robust from what I've seen uh, as far as like all the things you can do. And most of the um, like uh, most of the news that I've been following about the game has been like, are these AI? Because that is like a big bugaboo right now. Uh, just AI in the gaming industry. And mm-hmm. how much exactly did they rip off of Pokemon? As right. in like, it looks like some of the models are just like tweaks on existing assets in the game Um, well i can put your mind at least partially at rest for the first part because i guess there was some leaker who said oh it's probably ai like he was i think he was a developer and then he later came out and said oh i actually don't have any information suggesting that so disregard 
it's wild like how that bit of speculation can kind of set everything on fire right now because yeah. everyone's so like tense about it for good reason. I mean, like we want AI to help us <laughs> go into the Star Trek future. We don't want it to steal the only thing that makes us happy in making art. Like let right. the humans do that. Let the AI like, you know, drive us to work or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, yes, I, I do not want AI generating all my games, but uh, the Pokemon thing is a real issue. I, th- I do think that they were very liberal in their use of assets that are substantially similar to Pokemon assets. If I absolutely yeah. say it like that, um, but on a positive, I do hope that it kicks the Pokemon company in its butt because they really need to move past 2005 in their game design or just like, you know, g- stick with it and don't give like little tiny bullshit uh innovations that don't really push it forward i'm mm-hmm. cool with with running the same story over and over again with slightly better graphics i'm cool with it but like the little tiny incremental things that they're doing are just so annoying i um yeah i want it to be either like just run it back at this point <laughs> or like fully like yeah like you said they need a kick in the ass at this point i'm never buying a pokemon game again until they fix mm. it well the other game i've been playing recently is kind of the thing that replaced Pokemon for me in adult life, which is Persona. They just yeah. had uh, Persona 3 Reload come out, and it's on Game Pass, which is awesome. It's a $70 game on Game Pass, and wow. it's really good. It's really, really good. They built it on the Persona 5 engine, and it looks beautiful. It They did a lot of quality of life enhancements compared to the PS2 version that it was originally. It's, like, worth playing, if it, whether you played it or not, I think. Nice. Are, are those sort of anthologies or do you need to like know what's going on? No, they're anthologies. Every game is standalone. Uh, well, unless cool. it's like one of the spinoffs. There's like a few that are like pseudo sequels, but all the numbered ones are standalone. All right, that, that was my question. Yeah. Is if Persona plus number, it's like you're good to go without any sort of foreknowledge. Yep. Gotcha. yep. Okay. Uh, but you also here's the thing about Persona is there's like the number and then there's a definitive version of the game. So Persona 5 Royal is the definitive version that has an extended timeline. Persona 4 Golden has the extended timeline. Persona 3 is a weird one because they did Persona 3 on PS2. Then they released Persona 3 FES, which had an extended gameplay on PS2 and had a female main character that you could choose. Then they released placed, uh, Persona 3 Portable, which was only on PSP. Didn't have the female main character, I think, but did have different quality of life improvements that the FES version didn't have. So people were begging them to make a true, like, definitive version of it for years. They finally did a reload. Unfortunately, for some reason, they didn't put the female main character option in. But it does (laughs) seem like it has pretty much everything else. Yeah, that's that's a pretty annoying naming convention. I I don't know why games do that. Now let's talk about a good game, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. (laughs) <laughs> super simple <laughs> yeah let's just uh let's just name things yeah let's let's just start tacking names on it's it's uh kingdom hearts dream drop distance x zuvia seven yeah that's the oh game oh my god yeah you know it's funny you look at that and you hear oh well they're making a remake of this game what are they gonna call it and they were just like no creativity we're just gonna call it final fantasy 7 remake I wonder if it's more poetic in Japanese. I don't think so. I think it's just called remake. In yeah, 
Yeah. Like they just use the word remake there. Well, we have a uh, a feedback a piece of feedback from Davy Mack who lives in Japan. So maybe Davy Mack can let us know if that's a thing. That would be great. Uh, are you finished, by the way? I, I I was just doing a joke. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about as far as what you're playing? No, no, no. I'm good. I, I'm ready to talk about the thing we both did. A, did you do a Lorehounds play of this? A Lorehounds uh, run of this game? I didn't. I hopped into a couple of key moments just to like uh, remember. But okay. I've already played this game four times. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. <laughs> Perhaps I, I, I didn't think I needed one. <laughs> okay, so let's go into spoiler-free thoughts. Let's do spoiler-free thoughts on the game, and then I want you to end on your rating. And and before I even say that, let's talk about how we're going to rate games because we haven't, you know, we've talked about our general thoughts, but I think that we leave things open for interpretation based on our general thoughts. And I think it would be nice to give people sort of a yes, we recommend it. No, we don't. So. Here's what I'm proposing we do, and you've contributed to our uh, construction of this, but we have three levels. We have I would not recommend, I would recommend, or gotta try it. You know, it's it's either don't play it, play it if you're interested in this kind of thing, or if you have any passing interest in video games, play this. Yes. All right. Also, like, uh, yeah, if you if you want to contribute to the rating system, I mean, no need to over compliment or complicate things. But, yeah, if you want to contribute, just let us know if you got a cool idea, a cool gaming <laughs> related idea, because so far we're going with a one, two, three system, a stoplight system. Uh, but basically would not recommend, would recommend and mandatory playthrough. So, yeah, if you've got fun ideas about it, just write us in. Yeah. LHP at the Right. That's it. Yep. LHP at the yeah, let us know. Let us know how you feel about it. Cool. All right. Give me your general thoughts, Brandon, and your and your delightful new rating system answer. Oh, you want the rating right up top? Well, well you could do it at the top or at the end, whatever you want. We're okay. we're real cool here at the Lorehouse Play. <laughs> we're just cool like cloud. We keep it yeah. real cool. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, begrudgingly cool. Um, I love this game, but I am biased. Um like many people, this is sort of the, the like the very first time a game made you feel or for me specifically. And, you know, a bunch of people of my age, um, you know, I didn't have a PC growing up. I was a console kid. So like mm-hmm. uh, when we got the PlayStation and I didn't play it like right when it came out, I was pro- probably a couple of years after that. Uh, this is, of course, the original game, not the remake that we are actually discussing. But uh, so mm-hmm. that all informs my love of the remake, because if you go back and play the old game right now, it kind of sucks. Uh, I'm bad about classic games where I'm like, this feels clunky. I'm bored. Um, yeah, it depends for me. I think I, yeah. I really had to have loved it, loved it back then to for enjoy sure. it now. Um, and I mean, like the people who are custodians of the old game now know that like it's built, it's built into like every port of the game now that you can fast forward. And, you know, there's like a, like, all right, let's, let's move along with it. Uh, version of the game where you just hit it like a bumper or whatever, and it'll speed up the game. Cause it does play pretty slow these days. Um, but in my head, whenever I think about the story and stuff, I picture something closer to what they've delivered to me in the remake. Um, and I always have. I hear the music and, you know, it, instead of the little like the chip tune sort of uh, 
Noguo Uemetsu, I, I, I think that's his, how you pronounce his name. Not Japanese. Sorry. Write us at LHB at lorehands.com if you want to be mad at me or hop on the Discord. Um, his music, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of all over the place here, but like I've, I always hear it in my head as like full choral arrangements instead of, uh, you know, the little the video game music that we're that we're used mm-hmm. to. Um, yeah, it's just stuff that gets blown up in your head and to see it like uh, especially like the the first shot uh, of the pullback of when you're you zoom in on Aerith's face and you pull back into you see all of Midgar. You see the big reactor, uh, you know, you, you see all that. Um, it it just lit, it lit me up when I saw it because like that's how I pictured it. Uh, and they made it real. It's magical. The game it felt magical to me, and like it's one of those things that uh, it it puts you on your ass the way that nostalgia really can with things like Star Wars, where you hear the music and like you picture the Ratatouille thing, where you know you take a bite and it's a sense memory. You take a bite and you're you're the the grumpy uh, food reviewer, and it's you're then you're a kid eating the Ratatouille. Uh, that your mom made. Uh, it's, it's just, it's such a strong sense memory, this game for me. Uh, uh, so I'm, I say all that, all that, which was a whole lot. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. LHB. No, don't apologize. <laughs> was, was this your first final fantasy game overall? Uh, surprisingly, it is my only full final fantasy game overall. Oh, uh, I've never played another one all the way through. I watched a full playthrough when my dad played final fantasy eight back in the day. So okay. I'm like, pretty familiar with that one but um something about this game hits exactly the way i want a fantasy world to be it's sort of like this with the steampunk um like almost modern setting Mm -hmm. folded in with fantasy is just such a cool um setting to me that it's it's what i always want i don't want knights using magic i want a dude on a motorcycle throwing a lightning bolt like i love it (laughs) Uh, it's just my my favorite shit. Um, okay. And maybe that set the tone for me, but like just no other Final Fantasy really holds up. Uh, and some have tried, but most have failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Are, I think they definitely tried to recapture that with 15, especially. Uh, yes. With the, with the Choka Bros. Is that what they did? <laughs> I think so. Noctis yeah. and his 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 bros yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all in black. Yeah. They yeah. definitely tried to recapture that. Like, I'm a cool guy who doesn't care and. I have a motorcycle or I have a car, right? He had a car. Oh yeah. They were all, all four of the bros were piled into the car together. (laughs) All wearing like black clothes. Like one of the cool things uh, about the, this like cast of characters, your like main party is it's just such a, like a diverse crew. Uh, Mm -hmm. The silhouette on these people are just buck wild. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. part of that obviously is like a, a product of its time. You're you're you were working with little blocks that walked around. You had to make them all look really different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Know, once you added some more polygons to stuff, you could so- do more subtle distinctions between characters. But, you know, back in the day, you just had the big blocks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this game is a remake of the seventh entry in an anthology series. If you're just tuning in and we're just rambling about this series, basically this is final fantasy is an anthology fantasy series that follows some group of people in a sort of, I guess it is kind of all steampunk, right? There is a mix of technology and fantasy and almost all of them, except the very early ones. 
Well, most of them have like, there's always like threads that go through. And usually what, like, it is a pretty uncomplicated story made complicated by a bunch of just wild shit. <laughs> um, the, er, most of the earlier games are like more fantasy. And then like mm-hmm. later games are more fantasy. It, they kind of dial forward and backward uh, as far as like the setting goes. But you have threads that go the whole way through. Crystals are in like all of them. This version, this game's version of crystals are materia. Um, and then you've got like things like Chocobo and Moogles and like things that exist in all of the distinct universes. Um, that kind of tie them together as like a thing. Uh, another thing that does that is like the summons, or if you're if you've played the most recent game, uh, what are they called? Um, uh, uh, oh, Aeons I don't know. Or, I started uh, them. I started that game, and I just couldn't do it at the time. I do want to go back to it though. It was enjoyable. It's it was cool. Is it is a total Game of Thrones ripoff in a very fun way? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just yeah. I just didn't have time to keep playing. But yeah, um. Yeah, so like it, it is an anthology. If you've played one and you play another one, you'll remember things. You'll remember character names because they reuse a lot of the stuff in fun ways. You're mm-hmm. going to find a Sid in every game. You're probably going to find a Moogle. Um, yeah, so there are threads that tie all these games together, but they are all, all standalone until you get into like Final Fantasy X-2 or Lightning's right. Revenge. or right. I don't think it's Revenge, but yeah. Return, I think. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Well, Lightning Revenge is a cool sounding name, though. It's a good it's, name for it's a funny. ship. You mentioned Lightning. My first Final Fantasy game ever was Final Fantasy 13 on Xbox oh, cool. 360. And I played a few hours of it and said, not for me. It's just mm. not for me. And I yep. think it was mostly because I was like 15 years old. And I was like, man, I could be playing COD with my friends right now. You know, it was just... Getting into a serious turn-based game at that time in my life was not a thing I was that interested in. I right. actually really want to go back to it because I've heard that Final Fantasy 13 and 13 2 especially aged well. Like people people enjoy that world. But I believe it. Yeah. But I never really, you know, my brother had a PlayStation back when I was, you know, a little kid in the 90s. I think I was a little bit too young for it. Uh, I'm 30 now, so I think it was just a little bit too young for Final Fantasy. So the only things I really played on my brother's PlayStation were like Crash Bandicoot and like this demo disc that had Wipeout and a bunch of other random things on it. And other than that, I I had the Nintendo 64 in my room, so that's mostly what I played if I was going to play a video game. Uh, But I also had a weird situation because I don't think my parents realized that you had to buy games to play with the thing. They thought that the thing just had the games. The consoles just had the games. So, and and I was too polite to ask for any games so unless yeah, i could get them to go to like blockbuster hundred... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah. they probably just spent a couple hundred bucks on the box and then there's like nothing to do on it once you got right. it. right so i think i had donkey kong country and like one or two other games but anyway my point is i i missed out on like the final fantasy hype of final fantasy 7 8 uh i eventually went back a few months ago i tried to play 10 and I played probably like 20 hours of it and I just kind of fell off of it. It just kind of lost me. It's the the uh, the tightest laugh really is just hard to get used to. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's rough. That's like the first fully voiced game, I think it is. Um, it is. And it's like sort of the swan song of the old Final Fantasy turn based like. You know, 
thing. Yeah. Because uh, every, every game after that, they've kind of iterated out of purely turn-based combat, including this remake here. Yeah. And so basically that was what I, that was the game I probably played the most of other than I did play a decent amount of Final Fantasy 14, the MMO at some right. point in COVID when I was just like, I need to be on a social platform right now. <laughs> yeah, I've got some friends who are still very much uh, in that game world. And it's it's one of those that are like, I've always wanted to get in there, but it's just too much. <laughs> it's just too yeah, much yeah. to do. It's a time sink. So to the main game here we're talking about, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I tried that when it was free on PlayStation Plus. And I started playing it, and I was like, this is great. I want to finish it. And I got stuck, not like on a, I can't beat this, but just like a mental block over when you're trying to go through the tunnels for the first time after, I can't do this without spoilers. But anyway, probably like 10 hours in, I get a little hung up on it. And I went back a second time a couple years later, same spot. I don't know why, but this was like my mental block. Finally, we said, let's do a Lorehounds play of it. I put it on easy mode, which, by the way, I wouldn't recommend doing unless you like need to beat this by a certain time or you have accessibility yeah. issues, of course. Uh, but we, you know, I, I, I played it and I beat it in like 19 hours. I like ran through this thing, which is like an incredibly short amount of time for this. I think like the average is 30 or 40 hours, right? Uh, yeah, my, I think my playthrough doing all of the side quests ended right at like 40 hours okay yeah so i didn't do any side quests i stuck with the main thing i did side quests in my first couple attempts so i i have a taste of the side quests i could talk about them but i did like a straight run through and honestly even doing that i will say it did drag a little bit at points in the story for sure yeah i um i i do look at this game uh, with a huge bias, but uh, I, it's funny. Um, I didn't really replay it because I've played it through so many times, but I did scrub around. I have my entire first playthrough captured and up on YouTube for myself to review. And I I complained a lot about some story hangups um, while I was playing it. Just, you know, smile on my face, happy to be in this world. But there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fluff in there for sure. Uh, yeah. They were really blowing this game up in places that it didn't need to be done because this game covers in for from the original game. This covers like the first five hours and they blew it up into like a 40 hour experience. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, I, I will say, though, other than some bloating issues. Amazing game. I would. Yeah. I, I'm going to just give my rating here. I'm going to give it a got to play if you like video games at all. This is a must play. It's it's incredible. The story is great. The graphics are so impressive. Even on PS4, before I had the PS5 version, I was like, why does this look so good? Yeah, parts of the game really blow my mind. Um, yeah. that we'll, you know, we'll get into it in the spoiler section, but like some of the just the moments in this game are just breathtaking looking. And yeah. like it, I was complaining 10 years after this game came out, like, why can't they do a remake? And like, they waited long enough to where like, this is going to really stand up for a long time. Cause we've sort of reached a point in video game graphics where like, now we're fighting over realism versus style. And most mm -hmm. of the time I prefer style over something that looks realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, the sky is basically the limit. And, um, 
you know, we've reached it. So like, I feel like waiting as long as they did really paid off because I mean, they did a lot of stuff to make this work. And I think it, it really does. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and give it a must play as well. I don't think that was going to, that's not a, you know, a shocking revelation. If you've listened to the first 25 minutes of this podcast, (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the score is amazing. The music, like it's moving. God, I was listening to it just while doing random stuff the other day. Because it's just such a good soundtrack. The first thing I did after my first play session was make I made sure to go ahead and buy the soundtrack. Um, I have been spinning the soundtrack of this game, the original game, since I got it. Like since I played the first one, I've always owned it. Uh, And it's just there are like it's right there for me with Star Wars in some of the cues and the character themes and the like the place themes. Um, The music is great in this game. And like there is a track in the remake that uh it's uh nobuo uemetsu i'm gonna try saying it again um he uh made a new song for this game called hollow um and it's sort of one of the um carrying like it's it's a pretty prevalent in the the soundtrack of the game uh i thought it was on the original soundtrack it's crazy that he was able to like capture the exact feeling like I can hear it in like the old chip tuny sort of uh, synthesizer version of the soundtrack in my head. Uh, he nailed it. Like it, all of this is just so good. There's a track called uh, Beneath the Rotting Pizza. Uh, and like <laughs> I remember walking around in the game and I, I heard the little drum beats kicking in and I was like, oh, it's the pizza song. And then, it, you know, it, it goes into it that they <laughs> I've uh, I've heard a lot of criticism that uh, the soundtrack for this is overdone. No, as in like no, a little, little overproduced. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I, uh, you're wrong. I, I, you're wrong. I if you believe wrong. that right in, I don't care. You're wrong. Please, please write in. I want, I want to talk to you about it and I want to explain to you why you're wrong. Uh, we'll both mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, yeah, you're right. It is just, it is gorgeous. Um, yeah. Yeah. The way they elaborated on the character themes as well. And they've got like 20 versions of like Aerith's theme and, uh, Tifa's, um, I love the way, uh, and this is still non-spoilery, by the way, in the game, there are, uh, like little jukeboxes or radios and they're, they do fun things like play versions of, uh, songs that exist in the game in like fun ways. Like there's like a, what's a good example. Barrett's theme is playing on like, uh, like a radio, but there's like a, uh, like a beach version uh, of it. <laughs> so like they oh, just man. do fun things like that. Like they, they um they do a good job of like peppering in like silly little nostalgia bits like that just all throughout the game world yeah and and i think that's that's part of what makes this game so special the music the characterization there are very few games that make me really feel something for the characters the way i would for a tv show or movie or a book and this is one of them you know i i could, it's a handful of games that have made me feel that strongly. And it's like uh, Persona. I would say the Persona series makes you get really attached to the characters because you spend like 100 hours with them. And then it becomes devastating when anything happens to them to hurt their feelings at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then Disco Elysium made me feel things. A Plague's Tale made me feel things. Kingdom Hearts. And I think this, and that's pretty much uh, the, the Last of Us. I'll give The Last of Us that. Oh yeah, that's an easy one. 
but there's very few games that have made me feel as strongly for the characters as I did in this game. Yeah. Um, there's like a couple of parts in this game that, uh, in the music probably could have done it alone, but I could see myself tearing up on my rewatch of my own gameplay. <laughs> like, um, yeah, these, uh, it's just such strong and like you can feel it in the making of this game. Cause the, a lot of the people who are the nuts and bolts going through and making the remake are people who are our age, you know, we're the, we're the work, we're workforce age. And these are all people who, um, mm-hmm. grew up with this game. So like, right. it, it's like, it's so imp- it's, it is such an important, uh, like piece of history, uh, in gaming. Uh, and I think that's what, uh, I, I saw a joke that someone said, um, name the the game that everyone loves but barely anyone has played <laughs> and uh th- this one uh the original popped up uh, it's just because it is such a foundational piece of gaming now yeah um, yeah um yeah yeah i think a lot of people played this game but not a lot of people beat it right because it was a it was a tough game to beat back then it was rough um yeah I've, i think i've only beat it to completion uh, which funny. Uh, I've only played it all the way through like three times, the original game, uh, over 25 years. <laughs> so wow. I've, I've picked it up and played it a lot more than that, but it's a slog. Um, I haven't, I haven't done it in about 10 years or more. Uh, and I probably won't again because we have this now. Um, yeah, and it's just, and, and sort soon of, it is, we have yeah. the re the rebirth. We have part two of three, which to me, when I, I thought that this was a two-parter. I thought this was going to be part one and part two. When I found out there were three, I was like, oh, that might be going too far. Yeah. But I don't know the original story, so I don't know if there's a ton left. Uh, there's so much left. <laughs> okay, so maybe game. I'm maybe I'm just scared for no reason. Um, it feels like, um, knowing what I know, without spoiling anything, it feels like the second game is going to cover a huge chunk of the rest of the story. The last game, I don't know what they're going to do, but the, like I said, remake the first one, the one we're talking about today, it only was like the first four or five hours of the original game. And the Mm -hmm. original game is like a 60, 70 hour game. Right. Um, It feels almost like remake could be a demo (laughs) for (laughs) the rest of the game, which is wild because it is 40 hours. And, I will say this is not a 40 hour game. The uh, uh, edging my way into the spoilers, uh, the side quests in this game, if you want to call them that, are horse apples. <laughs> they are yes. really stupid, yeah. uh, really dumb. They're fetch quests, right? They're fetch quests and they're kill X monsters. Come back to me. If that, like, they are, it is almost like shameful <laughs> how bad <laughs> the side quests are in this game. <laughs> I say that absolutely loving the game. We we say um, that while saying must play. Yeah. Um, we and, You must play without the side quests. Yes. Uh, and there are like so many like so many shortcomings that this game really does have. Um, one design shortcoming, which I will not say that this game has many of, but uh, the like background characters, um, the juxtaposition of them to the main cast is absolutely insane. Like, our people look like just like an anime crew, this crazy silhouette. Like I said, you know, you got, you know, Barrett, mm-hmm. like a brick shit house and you've got a, a cat man and you've got 
you know, cloud with his spiky hair and all that. And then the rest of them, just like the rest of the game world is populated with like cardboard cutout, like normal, like you or me, everyday Joe's mm-hmm. walking around. Uh, they're like, we like, just can't find the people we're looking for. But then they look completely different from everybody else. Yeah. And like some of the more populated areas, you'll see like the same character model like four or five times, like legit. Mm-hmm like 10 feet away from each other. Some of some, I, I, t- I took a screenshot that I was going to send you of like two of them talking to each other and one in the background drinking some milk or something. Mm-hmm. And it's literally the same exact character model. It does feel like there are <laughs> things that they just like completely cut uh, or like they, you know, they, they cut corners and they just bloated this artificially. Yeah. I um, hear you. But yeah. Well, anyway, um, I, I think it's safe to say we both really like the game. I can feel us bursting at the seams to talk about spoilers. So I'm going to move us out of spoiler free section. And I just want to give a quick like spoiler free pitch for the game, which is here's the basic premise. You are a mercenary who has teamed up with a group of eco terrorists to take down a corpo fascist government. Is that about right, Brandon? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good way to put it. The you know, corpo fascist, the the. Uh, energy company has become the government. <laughs> Basically, right, right. they're running the world. They've got they they control the energy, and uh, they don't the, the the this crew of people called Avalanche don't like that, so they're trying to put a stop to it. To Shinra, the evil company. <laughs> Pretty simple. Yeah. So let's do the full synopsis after the break. I know we definitely want to talk about spoilers now. So if you come back after the break, we're going to talk full spoilers for the game. If you've not played it, we'd recommend you play it first. But if you want to just come along for the ride, you're welcome to do that. Brandon, I'll see you after this quick break. And we're back. All right. So this is your big flashing spoiler warning. If you've not played the game, you don't want to know anything about it come back after you've played the game. With that being said, you had your chance to get out. Here we go on full spoilers. I want to talk about the main synopsis first. Just give you an overview of the game, uh, the the quick one-paragraph description of the story, and then we can go into more detail. Cloud Strife, a former soldier of the Shinra Corporation, takes a job with Avalanche, an eco-terrorist group seeking to destroy Shinra's Mako reactors, which they believe to be destroying the planet. Under the leadership of Barrett, Avalanche successfully brings down two Mako reactors. Shinra retaliates by destroying Sector 7, the home of Barrett's Avalanche team. Cloud and his team successfully prevent most of the civilians from dying, but two members of the group die in the process. Meanwhile, their mysterious florist friend, Aerith is kidnapped by Shinra. Shinra intends to use her abilities as the last of the ancients to find the promised land. But Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett rescue her. President Shinra is killed by Sephiroth, who proposes an alliance with Cloud. But Cloud defeats Sephiroth while he remains at large. Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, and Cloud leave Midgar to find and defeat Sephiroth. That's basically it, right? Pretty much. We could end the podcast now. All right. 
have a good one. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, it's um, it is. There's a whole lot of shit in the middle of there, but um, that is yes. basically <laughs> the the story of the game. Yeah, that's just the skeleton. Which you know, that being said, that's pretty much all that happens. Um, that's it makes sense that you could fit that in a four or five hour playthrough if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they just fully just stacked this game full of stuff that happens. Um, let me see here. I'm going to pull up my actual playthrough because there are fun little bits along the way um, that I marked here. Did you have any particular like favorite parts of the game? Uh, in, unless Ooh. you wanted to get into like a, a blow by blow, which I don't think we do here. No, let's not do blow by blow. I think, first of all, the intro is incredible. Just going in. Oh, yeah. And the music, the it makes me feel like a fucking superhero. It is the most there. iconic intro to a video game. Um, and they fucking nailed it. Like they, they, uh, from the pullback on Earth's face to the zooming in of the train to Cloud doing his flippity dip off of it and fighting the poor defenseless, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Shinra Corp dudes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like it. They just really crush it. Uh, that that is such a powerful musical cue as well. Uh, like you said, you feel like a superhero. Um, yeah, it, it is. I think my favorite opening to a video game ever. Uh, at at this point, I'm a little over it. <laughs> like I usually skip that music whenever I uh, whenever I'm listening to the soundtrack, just because mm-hmm. it's you know you play that part so many times. It's it's the sort of what we were saying with Skyrim where it's like that's the part you get every time and it gets you hype but uh you know you you can only like ride on the cart up to Helgen so many times before <laughs> you get bored of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's if you've got any time in between it and you're craving the game like man is it a strong start to a game. It is. It is. And that's where I was like, man, this is going to be good. And yes. I don't I don't know what it is that loses me that much after it. I think I think uh, the reason is it just really slows down after that. It's like a banger of an intro and then it goes on energy level. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You go like into you. You literally go into a neighborhood and start having like petty squabbles. <laughs> right. Uh, They're like, it's pretty. Let me collect a- money with my friend. <laughs> yeah, it is a wild, uh, <laughs> a wild shakeup in like tone for sure. But um, I think I think one of my favorite things about the game is a more structural thing, which is that the main character, Cloud, is a dick. He's a total dick, and he's completely unlikable in a lot of ways. But they make you want to root for him anyway. Yeah, it's just the, the teenager sort of that we all... Um, it's, it's, yeah, like a 12-year-old boy's version of like what a badass guy is. Um, right. Right. And as a as a fully adult person at this point, you can kind of see that like, oh, look at the face he's putting on. Um, right. But the best part about that is and I and I think this felt like it was in conversation with the original, which is Barrett and Tifa kind of make fun of him for it at a lot of times. Right. And even Jesse, uh, they they kind of go at him and like, all right, cool guy. Come on. Let's, you know, absolutely. And let's the, go. The, the game does that with a lot of its main characters, too. Like, um you know, Barrett, when he gets on his high horse about like what he's in full, like theater, uh, uh, freedom fighter mode. They're mm-hmm. all like, get a load of this guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Like none, they, they don't let any of the characters, the characters take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is great. Uh, especially with cloud and Barrett. I think those are the two strongest ones. 
Yeah. Other things, I really like the um, the ghost army later on with Aerith getting captured and whatnot, and they uh, they they have to fight off the the ghostly entities, the ghost yeah, children. Yeah, with Elagor Elig- and all, all that. Whole yeah, part. yeah, yeah. I can never remember the name. It's a weird name. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I I don't I don't even think that was in the original. Like uh, one cool thing that they did. Um, we're not going to get into like everything they changed from the original game to the mm-hmm. to this game we're talking about today. But there are some things like that uh, fight and the Hell House fight that were like random encounters in the original game that they kind of blew out to make it like a whole thing. Like I'm pretty sure the Elagor fight was just like a random encounter when you were traversing mm. from one place to another. Um, and definitely the same thing with the hell house. I remember like just destroying everything in my way in the original game. And then like, I was like, this is a random encounter that I'm doing and it's a a house. I'm just literally fighting a house This is weird. And then it whooped my ass. (laughs) So like, (laughs) it's fun that they changed it into like a full boss fight in this game. Yeah. Um, it's things like that that just show like, wow, they really, uh, they're really showing their love on their sleeve for this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I'll I'll do one more drop, which was the ridiculousness of the um, what's his name, Don something, Don Corneo, yeah. Don Corneo plot line with the big boned cloud when when he's like, I'll take the big boned woman. Yeah, absolutely yeah, so that- ridiculous and hilarious. Uh, and again, making fun of Cloud for being so serious all the time, right? Yes, and the original game did that as well. And I was so curious. Um, you know, times have changed. There's some stuff in the old game that does not hold up uh, as far as like standards on how we treat each other and talk to each other, the language we use. And I think they did it so well. Um, yes, and, you know, you can't take it out. Uh, Cloud and Drag is just some of the most fun. The whole honeybee in, like, I was just floored <laughs> by how well they translated it. They made Cloud do a dance off, and it's so good. There's a whole dancing section of this game. Yes, um, it was that was wild. I couldn't believe that was happening. My jaw was on the floor. Like, uh, it makes me like my heart is fluttering thinking about just <laughs> how much I enjoyed it. Like Aerith vacillating between like loving this and going like this is getting a little weird. <laughs> yeah uh uh, the hand massage that's not from the old game but i had a lot of fun with that one i blushed a lot um when madam m was in there getting his hand getting the hand massage did you get a hand massage i did get a hand massage no i did the most expensive one same okay good Good. because i I gotta know what happens yeah and Aerith's (laughs) reaction to that is so good she's like cloud (laughs) uh so 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 much fun and it's just the hand massage it's totally harmless yeah, it is. But they definitely didn't play it like it was harmless. No, was some, they did not. That was some shit. So just a general question here. You didn't really play the first one, you said? Like the original? Yeah. I've not even touched it. I own the game on Steam, but I've just not sure. opened it up. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big moments in the game. A lot of changes uh, in fun and scary ways. <laughs> um, okay. You know, a lot of the time... Like a lot of the the big fans of the old game kind of just want a pretty version of the old game, um, but they 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 do change a couple of key things in this game that bode really strangely for what they could do in the future. Um. So, 
uh, also just to let you guys know, the only thing that I will spoil for the future remake games, things that come from the old games, the only thing I'm going to spoil are character names um, that have already appeared. So like there's a character that shows up sort of at the end of this game. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything more about him other than that his name is Zach and he wears a similar outfit to Cloud. Um, right. His sort of fate is different in this game than it is in the original. Um, oh, that's cool. There's there's a whole aspect of this game um, with the addition of things called the Whisperers. Um, so those are, you know, the Wraith looking dudes mm-hmm. uh, who like. I, I think in this game they just called them Whispers, not even Whispers. Whisperers. Gotcha. Uh, I think you're right. I, I'm just I've got a lot of different canons in my head right now. Um, oh, I just didn't know if it was a change from the original. No, uh, the Whispers did not exist in the original game. Um, at all that's crazy they feel so like foundational to this game yeah um it feels very kingdom hearts almost like it's a tetsuya nomura like vibe Mm -hmm. for me um for instance uh fully into spoilers now so i'm just gonna say everything that happens you know in my head uh there's a part where barith gets ran through and killed by sephiroth Mm -hmm. uh that did not happen at all in right in the original that's crazy uh, it is changed then by the whispers. Uh, they come in, they resurrect Barrett basically. Um, and what they're, what they seem to be doing is sort of holding the game together in its original form. Um, so like there are things that change in the game from the original. Uh, but it seems like what the, what these characters are doing, uh, these whispers are trying to keep things in order. So there's like, sort of scary cosmic stuff <laughs> that uh, that might be affecting what is a, a lot of like a, a pretty grounded story, surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, th- that they're kind of tempting fate with like, and like, I'm just so tired of multiverses and uh, and all that right now. There's just yeah. so much bloat. Yeah. Uh, so, you, um, so you think this is in conversation with the original as in this is a retelling of the original and the whispers are like this meta thing trying to keep it staying with the original story? Yes. That's um, awesome. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking rad. Uh, like, because they wanted to do, I feels like the creators wanted to do more than just remake the game. Like they want to do something new in this old framework. And I think for me personally, it's working. There are, you know, groups of people who are mad. They just want the old thing packaged up nice and pretty, but I think it's neat the way they're doing this. Um, and it has implications for what can happen in the future. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, Zach being alive, uh, the game t- tells you nothing about him, but it's like it's a huge change. And um, we'll we'll be learning more shortly. Uh, the, the new game comes out at the end of the month. Um, so, yeah, uh, let me see here. Oh, it's sort of also like Sephiroth kind of is self-referential in this. Um in that he kind of is talking about fate and um, inviting cloud to sort of help him change things. So it, it's sort of Mm -hmm. like telling you that maybe Sephiroth knows that this is different than the original game. So yeah, that's, that's about as I think in depth as I want to go into, into that. It's not like spoilery or anything, but it's just like, it's a, it's, it's a noodle bender a little bit (laughs) because like, yeah, 
uh, we don't really know too much about Sephiroth. And it's kind of one of the criticisms I have about this game. They get Sephiroth hungry real early. Um, like he yeah, comes like up right away. Fast. Yeah, he's in he's in the visions and whatnot. And yeah, I don't feel like I know anything about him by the end, except that he stole this woman from Shinra and he's gone. Yeah, he's so tall. God. He's so tall and ripped. Um, he is tall and ripped. He's very pretty. I love him. He is very all all the, the all the main cast are just so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Great looking people. <laughs> um, um, Except Wedge. Cinematic- can we just can we just leave Wedge out of that? <laughs> you know, Wedge is pretty, pretty good looking for a Husky guy. But yeah, he's probably <laughs> and uh, he's also the guy who voices him is the guy who did the voice for, I think, Rabbit is his name in Breaking Bad. Oh, interesting. I Badger, never watched you mean? Bre- Badger. That's the OK. Okay. That's the animal. You're going to get you're going to get right ins. That's why I got to I got to correct you there. You want more right ins? I don't like Breaking Bad because I can't <laughs> I can't oh handle my God. I can't handle like uh drug stuff. Uh it's just per- personal taste issues. Like I just don't want to see Man. stuff with drugs really. <laughs> I I almost want to cut this, but I'm going to leave it in. You should. <laughs> Bring the hate. I dare you. Um, All right. But yeah, uh some of the, the cinematic visual splashes in this game go so hard that it's crazy. Um, you probably got Aerith in the shitty dress, uh, but depending on how many side quests you get or you 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 complete, uh, it changes the outfits that the characters wear. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So like I did every side quest in the game. So I got the original Aerith dress whenever they dress her up. Um, you probably just got this weird little short white dress, right? Yes. I got the basic one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got this like resplendent, beautiful, like flowing <laughs> dress uh, and like fireworks were going off. Like I, I uh, you know, every time I've tried to change up in what dress I get. But um, and then Cloud's outfit will also change depending on the level of completion you've done. Uh, no, kind of the only reason to do side quests in this game. But um the visuals in that scene, whenever it shows Aerith in the dress, the the visuals of when they um, when you're in Shinra headquarters and uh, it shows you the ancients, the Setra, this game will click into like uh, moments where it is just so visually stunning and it's pretty seamless too. Like you'll notice, like wait, this seems a little more high resolution. Holy shit! Look at all this, and they like they just show you things like the the plate falling down. Um, yeah, just um, can you think of any other like visual spectacles that kind of took your breath away from this? Because there are several of them for me. I mean, basically every time that a character is like staring right at me, mm-hmm. I'm like, this looks amazing. The way yeah. that the strands of hair can just, fl- you know, the flyaways happen. I-, I don't know what it is about Square Enix, but they know how to do hair. They've been trying for years. <laughs> They're definitely some of the hair pioneers. They've always sure. I feel like they've always been ahead. I feel like this is a thought I had when I played Final Fantasy 13. You know, like they've just always been a little bit ahead of the game with hair design. Lightning's got great hair. Uh, she's also very like very much a just a female cloud as well. Um, yeah. From yeah. what I hear. Because I, I never played that one. But uh uh yeah um okay so i next I, i've got some stuff here on gameplay do you want to talk about the the game feel of the game are you kind of done with the main story beats here or yeah what do you I, th- do? I think so we can talk about about the, the feel of the game yeah um i think the gameplay 
It's pretty fun. Uh, I was I was pretty nervous going in because I do like the turn-based combat. Um, I think it's got its place still. I don't think it is outdated or antiquated. Well, you can literally right fun. before this, I was playing turn-based Persona 3 Reload, so you don't have to sell it to me. For sure. And like Baldur's Gate is like the biggest game in the world right now. It's turn-based right. combat. So I was like, you can make a modern turn-based game and make it fun. But mm-hmm. I think they struck a really nice balance here with... Um, you know, you can also there is sort of a turn based mode you can do. Uh, is that what the uh, classic mode does? Yes, it uh, it makes it mostly the game plays itself, essentially. And you just pick the like limit breaks and hmm. magic commands and stuff like that for the characters. Hmm. Um, but the I, I will say the combat feels pretty good. It's no like God of War, uh, but I think it feels really fun to play. Each character has their like nice distinct uh play styles uh and you can swap through the 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 team of you know whoever you want to play at the time. But um it, it and it was like surprisingly robust to me. I I, I didn't know that <laughs> I didn't know they'd go that hard. Um how how did you feel just playing around uh yeah so it, again I had started it on normal a few times. Mm-hmm. And I think it felt better when I did that. It felt like it was a little bit of a challenge and it had some bite. Uh, it was very easy to run through on easy. I think I might have died once from not paying attention. And yeah. that was it. Like, you just it's so easy compared to yeah. every other game I've ever played on easy. Like, even even playing The Last of Us on easy, I didn't always live. One of the biggest criticisms I had about like just the experience of this is that the gulf between the easy mode and the normal mode is insane. Yeah, could have um, could have had one in the middle of those. Yeah, because normal is really challenging at, at times. Um, I uh, every I played through like half of the first playthrough on normal, and then I switched it to easy, and I was like, man, this sucks now. <laughs> Like it doesn't like teach you how to play the game because it it really does trivialize the combat. And then all subsequent playthroughs have been on normal. And now that I kind of know what I'm doing, I I do feel like the game and this is sort of a criticism for most Final Fantasy games. um, They don't super hold your hand in like teaching you like like systems in the game, Mm -hmm. like the materia system and all that. Um, You kind of have to learn and they they do trust you a little bit to figure it out. It's not like... um, it's not too handholdy in that way. Um, yeah. But once you kind of get the, the the materia and like leveling up your weapons and upgrading them and all that, I, I thought that was really fun. Um, it does like I'm, I, I love the way the Buster Sword looks and I always kind of hate whenever uh, playing through the old games, you, you just power creep it really fast because it's your fir- your starting weapon. Mm-hmm. But I like that you have more uh, a set of weapons that you know, they do different things better. Uh, and the buster sword being the perfect middle of the road sword is such a great idea because you can still, you can, I, I walked around the whole game using the buster sword and it made me really happy that I could do that. And they made that like a viable choice that you could do. Mm-hmm. I don't think like, I did. Like, I think I, I switched right away to that new sword that you get with Tifa. And mm-hmm. then I got that, you know, cool looking sword towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, the one that's good at magic. Uh, and yeah. that's one another thing I liked about all the weapons is that you can pull a special ability off of the weapon and then use it wherever you want. You just have to like use the weapon for a while, learn the ability, and then you can use that anywhere you want. See, um, I didn't know that because they didn't yeah. hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's the thing. You got to play it four times. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then there you'll you finally learn. And I think uh, there's a balance I, there too. I mean, there's there's games where everything is a tutorial and you're like 20 and and i'm going to criticize persona about this because i'm playing it right now 
you know, you'll be 20 hours into a game and they'll give you a tutorial for something new. And you're yeah, just like, come painful. on, how do I not know what to do by now? Yeah, some games are really bad for that. Um, I think this one could use a little bit more um, or at least like a better detailed and it might even be there, but yet you, you want to play the game. You don't want to read through menus and like mm-hmm. instruction manuals. Um, yeah. Yeah. The menus are a little bit opaque sometimes. Like I will say the design of it is a little frustrating. Like I want to level up my sword, but I can't equip material on the same page or something like that. There was something weird where I was like, why can't, why do I have to go out of this menu and to go into a different menu to do this? Yeah. And I'm hoping that a lot of the game, but like, I'm hoping that this tree, this is basically they're beta testing the future of this game. Like with the next one, hopefully mm-hmm. mo- mo- more of this, the systems will be pretty smoothed out and definitely things like traversal are going to feel a lot better because like you can really feel the sagging, struggling PlayStation Four holding this game back a little bit. Yeah. Um, transitions from like areas on the map to the other um the fast travel mechanic with the chocobos like it just grinds things to a halt and it's just so slow that's one of my other big criticisms of this one is just like and like even playing it on ps5 like it upgrade there's an upgraded version of the game obviously from the ps4 you know that um mm-hmm. but the that's what i played it, yeah yeah they didn't really they didn't really help a lot of those things so i'm hoping uh and, you know, it's sort of understandable, too, because this, this game looks amazing. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that now that we're getting games built for it. And I will say in the uh, the the integrate section uh, with Yuffie, um, it did feel a little bit smoother. Didn't feel as clunky, uh, slowed down, grinding <laughs> to a halt because it was for is built for the PS5. So yeah. that, that's um, I think that's good news for the future, but uh, less about the future, more about this one. Um, what do you think about all the mini games? Did you like those? The mini like name one for me. You got darts. You got block breaker. Oh, you got, um, you got uh, lifting weights. Uh, <laughs> I think pull-ups. I just did the darts. Because you didn't do any of the I, other ones? No, because I was speedrunning. That's right, yeah. So I did not stop and you want me to lift weights? Absolutely not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you enjoy the mini games? I actually do. Um they're like a fun tie to the original. Uh all the original mini games are in there. They're intact <laughs> and they expand upon them. They add more with the dance. Uh, the dance didn't really exist in that way. Um but uh, the dance is obviously the best mini game. Um, You're talking about the the one where he's, you know, getting his makeover. Yeah, before right before the makeover, yeah. he's got to do his little dance. Yeah, that um, was pretty fun. Yeah, very fun, and, and, that, and that's in the story. So you got yeah. It. it reminded me of a rhythm game, like a very lazy rhythm rhythm game, but it was a lot of fun. Yes. Uh. Yeah, and uh, that that doesn't really change either. So like, even if you're playing on hard or whatever, that's not going to change. It's just um. It's it's fun color for the game. Mm-hmm. Can I give one more complaint before I'm pretty much positive for the rest of this? For sure. The PC port is horseshit. <laughs> is that what you're playing on? No, I actually played this on PS5, but I started it on PC. I, I had the game on PC and I, I played probably five or ten hours on it. First of all, mm-hmm. they don't change the button prompts in the graphics from the PlayStation one- to anything else. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering so how they were going to do that. I have to press F, and I'm doing, and I'm seeing a triangle. 
It's yeah. absurd. That is so lazy. They had over a year to port it from PlayStation to PC, and they did not change it at all. Um, the other thing is they did not have very many sliders to like adjust your graphics uh, well. And so you either had to settle for like a low resolution or you they put in this dynamic resolution thing, which is like, oh, we'll preserve your frame rate by lowering the resolution. But it's all over the place. It's a total mess. Uh, overall, I think people were really disappointed by it, especially they charged 70 bucks for it up front, which yeah. is high for a PC game. Usually PC games for 50, 60. And um, yeah, I think people were really disappointed. And they did Epic exclusive for six months, too. Oh, yeah, it's on Steam now, right? It is on Steam now. Anyway, my point is, if you have no other way to play this, play it on PC. If you have a PlayStation and a PC, play it on PlayStation. It is built for that. It's way better on there. Yeah, I can't believe I was wondering how they were going to do that, because when you're dancing, like you're getting a triangle that floats Mm -hmm. over to you and you got there's like a little like key marker underneath the big triangle. Yuck. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) It looks okay. It looks really on PlayStation. Yeah, they're out there now. You can find a PlayStation Uh, if you're if you're on the fence. God, I'm not going to sell you a PlayStation, but man, (laughs) get it for this game. You know, we kind of glossed over gaming news. We, we did it a little bit with Power World, but the other major gaming news this week is that like Xbox might be going multi-plat and that's giving a lot of people a lot of feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I um I've always been since the three. Well, since Halo, basically, I've always been an Xbox guy. Um, I don't really know how to feel about it right now. Uh, I, I'm not scared. They're not going to. I mean, it's Microsoft. They're not I, I have one ba- fear bankrupt. I have one yeah. fear, not for Xbox. But for consumers, I think not having a serious competitor to PlayStation is a scary idea. Yeah, um, because console price could go whoop, and even game price could go up. They set the price for next gen games. They right. they are the ones who who jumped them up to seventy bucks instead of what right. it had been for twenty years or whatever. Yeah, which you know what, probably eventually it was due for that, but like it just felt bad. But anyway, yeah. look, I love PlayStation games and I and I love a lot of Xbox games and I I would love for them all to be on all consoles. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, I, I hope that there's still an Xbox in the next generation or a replacement for Xbox. Right. Somebody some new competitor comes in. I, which I, I don't know if it's possible at this point. <laughs> yeah, they're everyone's a little bit too big right now for someone to come in. I think Steam, honestly, would be maybe the only one like yeah realistically they could yeah. come in would um, they ever i will do say a i console will, yeah well they did maybe. A, they did a handheld they do. so yeah i mean they've got that's they can just consoleize that and because they've been trying to do like more like consumer friendly like console ish products for a long time yeah and handhelds uh but the i will say the xbox controller is definitely my preferred gaming controller i have three elite controllers that what yeah. i use well i don't have three um, elites but i mean it's my preferred controller it, it's the most ergonomically sound to me and it's I'm never giving it up. So and th- it's that's the reason why I choose Xbox most of the time now for um, for multi-platform games. Um, I, I have a PlayStation for the exclusives and that's kind of it. Um, I've, I've been that way for most of this gen. I here's here's my little history. I know we're sidetracked now, but here's my history. I was a big Xbox 360 guy. I I uh, had a PS3 at some point, but it wasn't like my main thing. 
uh, and I didn't have it for like years after the generation started. And then the whole thing where Xbox said, we're going to put DRM on your games and you can't trade them and share them. Mm-hmm. And then PlayStation said, here's how you share a game. And they handed it to each yeah. other. That worked on me. That yeah. absolutely worked on me. And I think rightfully so. I think Xbox was really scummy for doing that. Um for they trying really, to do it rather they really borked it with the xbox one yeah. <laughs> they really fucked themselves <laughs> and so i had an i had a ps4 and i didn't have an xbox one for years until a friend was getting the one x and he sold me his original one for like a 100 bucks and right. even then i only bought a couple games on them i was sold on the xbox series x generation first because of game pass uh i knew about the bethesda purchase and i was like all right i think I think this is the way to go this gen for now. And I pretty quickly got a PS5 afterwards because I wanted to play all the PS5 games, honestly. But honestly, if they do go multi-plat, it's hard for me to justify buying an Xbox instead of a PlayStation next gen because I could play all the games on PlayStation and I couldn't play all the games on Xbox. Yeah, the only thing for me is that obviously the controller and then the digital library that I've been building for years. Um, But you'll have that, right? Like you'll have that on your current gen console. One would hope. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't trust PlayStation to make it easy for me. I'll say that. No, I just mean um, um, on your on your Xbox that you own now. Like that wouldn't go away. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, it's just a frustration. I think. Uh, again, I don't. I don't subscribe to any of like the console war stuff and like you know let's put, not, let's no. let's root for a big corporation. They all just want our money. But I do like to see competition between these people so that they have to fight for our money. I think it has been healthy for there to be at least two giant, uh, you know, competitors there. Uh, Nintendo's its own thing. They're not worried about shit. They, they've got their people that are diehard Nintendo people. So, right. And they're the major, honestly, the majority of gamers are Nintendo people. So, yeah. And that's great. That's great. Do yeah. your thing. Do you want to talk about the DLC? Get back to uh, Final Fantasy VII a little bit. Yes. Uh, let me double check here if there's any final thoughts here. I've got no, you know, kind of no. I, I could talk about this game forever. If you want to talk to me about Final Fantasy VII, um, hit me up on the Discord. Uh, I'm like, I will talk about it to you. I love this shit. Um, the uh, the exp- expansion. DLC. That's the word we'll, we'll use. Intergrade. Yeah, right. They, d- why has the term DLC gone away? Why don't we do that anymore? Um, maybe it's it's bad as far as like uh, hmm, marketing goes. Downloadable content. Sort of soulless sounding. When you slap a label on it, you slap a skew, you can buy it as a whole. Yeah, we um, when we covered The Last of Us TV and we were talking about Left Behind, I said, well, David, this was a DLC back in the day. And he was like, what the hell is that? So maybe that's <laughs> why it's like do- doesn't make sense if you don't know already know what it is. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it was called that because at the time it was a big deal that you could download new content for a game, because before that, whatever was on the disc was what you had. Yes. You telling me I can download this horse armor for like 99 cents? <laughs> the horse armor that ruined the world. I think we we talked about that on a previous pod. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so getting into it, um, I think it is. Uh, it was a selling point because you get to play as Yuffie, which is a cool ninja lady. You, you know, if you've played it, um, 
and uh, they add some new things to the game. They add characters that only exist in... Um, so a little bit of Final Fantasy VII lore. Uh, there exists a myriad of other things, other games, other stories, uh, and they usually refer to that as the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. So there's like bosses and stuff in that DLC that don't appear in the original game, but they appear in other parts, other stories, mm. other bullshit games. Okay. Um, and then there's new characters that they added to the DLC as well. Um, but it mostly feels just like uh, a fun way to tie in and uh, to see how the game runs on a PlayStation <laughs> five. Honestly, um, the story is pretty cool. Yuffie is very um, uh, charming. Um, she can be annoying at times because she's a 16 year old, like motor mouth um, mm-hmm. ninja, <laughs> uh, but uh, she's pretty cool. And it, it feels like um, really cool to play as her. Uh, and she's got this companion named Sonan. Uh, and together they do a lot of these hybrid combo moves and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, as of literally 30 minutes before we started recording, uh, which we'll sort of talk about, I think, at the end of this, but they show um, they had a state of play that showed a little bit of the part two of the remake. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, God, what is it called? There's so many words. Rebirth. Thank you. Uh, and it shows characters working together to do these like hybrid, hybrid, hybrid combo moves. Uh, so, I mean, it started out with Yuffie in this uh, DLC. Um, yeah. And it, it, I will say uh, jumping from not playing the game for a while to jumping in normal on that it, the game whooped my ass a couple of times before I like got back in, you know, final fantasy seven mm. shape and uh, started fighting again. Uh I, I think it's worth playing if you love it. Uh, if not, if you're not like super into Final Fantasy seven games as of right now, just wait because <laughs> you're about to get like a whole bunch of shit unless you already own it and you want to build yourself up. Then um, I think it is skippable. Um, but for me, so that's that's what I'll put it. I'll put it as uh, our phase two, our uh, our yellow light. Um, it is not a must play. But okay, but you should play it if uh, if you really love this shit. I I did not play it. I just want to make that clear for the listeners. I did not play it. I was going to play it, and then Power Pal World came out, and then I wanted <laughs> to play Pal World. And I think part of that is just the story of the main game felt a little dragged out, so I did not have the desire to keep going in that world at the moment. I am excited I for the have, remake. I had the luxury of uh, or for the sequel big- rather. Sorry. For sure. Yeah, I had the luxury of having a a little, you know, some time between playing that and the original game, because I don't know if I wanted to do that either, because especially the end of the game, uh, the the main game, it does sort of drag on a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of all I got. Uh, Like I said, I could talk about this forever and I would love to. So hit me up on the discord. Be sure to to ping me. I'm bad at paying attention to discord. But um, yeah, if you want to talk about this, if you got feedback that you'd love to to share, uh, experiences that you'd like to share, we got a piece of feedback we can talk about or talk today. But uh, yeah, do you got anything else you want to say about Final Fantasy VII Remake? I think it's a great game. Like I said earlier, I think it's a must play. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the sequel. I'm, I'm probably going to do the Yuffie DLC before we get there, but uh, really, really looking forward to it. It's really impressive. I love... 
the mix of sort of almost turn-based, like tactical real-time, I guess I would call it. Tactical real-time combat is really cool. I really love the characterization. It's probably the prettiest game I've played in. I think the only game that surpassed it in pretty cutscenes is Diablo 4. Diablo 4 has incredible cutscenes. But other than that, I think this is this takes the cake and uh, you should go play it. If you like video games, go play this. If you want to play a story that is pretty goofy with some broad ecological commentary, uh, you can't do much better than this. Um, very broad, hugely yeah. broad. <laughs> it's a broad game bad. with broad characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fascism bad. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we did get some feedback, Brandon, which is very exciting. As a reminder, you can send feedback to us every time we cover a game. Uh, it is LHP at thelorehounds.com, or you can go to thelorehounds.com, get to the contact page. We've got a contact form where you can just send us a quick message, or you can send us a voicemail, which is always a lot of fun. You can also just go on the Discord server, tag us. Uh, you know, at us, uh, we're both in there. Brandon's one of the Istari as Brandon the Bard. I'm John Lorehound, one of the admins, so you can find us over on there. All right, so Davey Mack wrote in. Davey Mack, of course, patron and, and lovely contributor to the Lorehounds community, wrote in and said, Hi, John and Brandon. I just wanted to say that I'm really looking forward to your Final Fantasy VII podcast, and I want to send in a bit of feedback on my experience with the game. I got a PlayStation for Christmas the year that Final Fantasy VII came out, and it was the second game I got. I had never really gotten into Final Fantasy before, but review scores were so good and the box art and marketing was so evocative that I just had to give it a try. Plus, it was on three discs. The game hooked me immediately, even if I wasn't a huge fan of turn-based combat. The score was fantastic. The characters were appealing and the world itself was just so well realized. The only problem was that I did not yet have a memory card, which meant that I played the opening hours of the game over and over, never making it beyond the train yards at Midgard. I was thrilled the day I finally got a memory card and was able to get out of Midgar and see the world really open up. That's insane, Davy Mac. Uh, He probably hates the opening theme more. (laughs) Well, not hates, but he's probably (laughs) got more of a hang up with it than me. Like, he's never wanting to hear it again. (laughs) That's so funny. I had a similar experience with Pokemon. It's because I played Pokemon before I could read fully. And Mm. when it said, don't turn off the power while saving, I would turn off the power because I thought it was saying turn off the power. So I was like, why doesn't my game ever save? So I I played up to like the first cave that you have to get through Mm -hmm. a lot of times. A whole lot of times. The Geobats and Geodudes rather than the Zubats that you must have to. It's true. Pokemon Blue. I played it a lot of times. Played played the intro a lot of times. Anyway, Davey Mac continues. And given that it was one of two PlayStation games I had, I had really committed to seeing everything. A buddy of mine had two different guides that he lent me, and I made sure to get everyone's limit breaks up, even Aerith's. Aerith in the North American copy of the game. Is that a thing? Um, yeah, it's a translation issue. Um, Aerith sounds a lot more. Aerith's name sounds a lot more like that in Japanese. So when they were translating it, it, it uh, in the original game, it says Eris, but it's always supposed to be Aerith. It's like a play on the word Earth. Interesting. 
And then Davy Mac goes into some spoilers for the rest of the original game. And I'm not going to go into those because I don't even know them yet because I've only played remake. I think Davy Mac didn't realize we were doing remake and not the original. But we are kind of talking about the original anyway in, in some context. So thank you for, for that, Davy Mac. I know Brandon's reading it right now because he can look at the spoilers for the original. Yes, I know them all. Davy Mac finishes up by saying, I've occasionally thought about going back to it, but I can never muster the energy. And when the remake was announced and delayed over and over, I must say I wasn't all that interested in just replaying the same game again, but with higher fidelity. And I was even more skeptical when I saw they were splitting it into multiple releases. But then it came out and it looked good. So I picked it up and ended up loving it, especially in how they fleshed out minor characters and changed up the way things played out. I find that it's in conversation with the original in interesting ways, and I'm so glad they decided not to do a straight remake. It makes me all the more excited for Rebirth and the possibilities of where they can take the story. I can't wait to see what surprises they have in store. Anyway, looking forward to hearing about your guys' history with the game and also what you think about the remake, if you've played that as well. Well, yes, that's what we're talking about here. Best, Davey Mack. And uh, yeah, so we didn't really talk about that that much, but like Jesse, I guess, was not a big character in the original, right? Yeah, they really expanded on um, Jesse, Biggs and Wedge, which Biggs and Wedge has to be a Star Wars thing. Um, what do you mean? They, like it has to be a Star Wars reference. OK. Wedge Antilles, Biggs, Arclighter, I think okay. it was. I don't it's know. Like, <laughs> it's from the original Star Wars, like two of the pilots names. And they're like okay. literally <laughs> it's just they're also just like random dudes names. Yeah. But in the original game, they were a lot smaller, like they they existed, but um, they really uh, characterized in a big way. Uh, uh, Wedge, Biggs and Jesse, uh, especially and, and, Jesse like, with that backstory with her dad. Yes. Uh, that, I found that, that so was heartbreaking. Affecting. Yeah, it was really affecting. Um, and that just didn't exist in the main game. It's one of the best things about <laughs> at least. It, and it's like subtle Part, yeah. parts of it are subtle and nice, which yeah, they go to have pizza with the mom. Subtle. Right. And you just find out the tragic backstory. Yeah, I was I was shocked to find out she was not a main character in the original game because yep. and I and that's why it was such a bigger gut punch when she dies. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, my God, we just lost a main character. It's sort of a nothing burger in the original game, for sure. So she still dies in a similar way. But you're kind of like, eh, it's just the random avalanche crew. I'll tell you, I, I can't even kind of I, I don't even really remember. Wow. The way Jesse goes out. It's pretty insignificant. That's crazy. Yep. But yeah, it's she's like a huge part of it. Um, yeah, which, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll eventually do like a remake part two. Uh, uh, re rebirth. Oh, my God. Rebirth. <laughs> rebirth. What, what do you, you. think the, th- the third one's going to be? We should put in bets right now. Revengeance. Revengeance. <laughs> metal going Gear, metal revengeance. Gear it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh I I could see revenge. I could not revengeance. I could see revenge. Um why don't we just do uh rid it to do? That could be sure. that could be the uh if I'm gonna do something serious, repent. Maybe Re- restore. restore restore revive. Revive. That's a good one. Um, re- all right. Restore. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, all right. We'll, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll noodle on it. We'll have to uh, find out. Anyway, thank you, Davey Mack, for writing in. It's always lovely to hear from you. 
And uh, this is just off the cuff, but I'm not opposed to doing a sort of a deep dive into the original game at some point either. Um, at least the story of the, this is the lore hounds after all. So uh, I would not mind really digging into some of the lore and some of the changes. So eventually, if I have the time to do it, I would like to maybe do a, um, some supplementary material on the rest of the game. Obviously, yeah. I have so much to talk about, but you could do yeah. your own detective's journal kind of thing. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> Speaking yeah, of detective's journal, we're ready for the outro. And I've got to tell everyone about our Patreon where you can get David's fancy detective journal, which is this thing for the True Detective season four show. And it's uh, an incredible thing where he puts all the characters and all the clues together and you can go peruse it. That's exclusive for our patrons. You can get into it for as little as three bucks a month. Uh, even cheaper if you do an annual membership. So it's very exciting stuff. You get early and ad-free access to all our podcasts. You get a show tracker where David's also putting together some, uh, you know, a way to track when shows are coming out, which is something that's always hard to keep track of these days where all the streaming services are trying to beat each other to the punch. And uh, it's a great way to support us and help us, you know, bring on co-hosts like Brandon. And uh, help us produce extra content beyond the standard week-to-week stuff. So, our Patreon lore masters, who we say thank you to every week, are Samartian, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Gareth C., Eric F., Matthew M., Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Andra B, Kwang Yu, Deadai Jedi Bob, Nathan T, Alex V, Aaron T, Sub Zero, Aaron K, Dally V21, Gnarls? Gnarls? And last but not at least, Adrian. You know, yeah. So do you know about this, Brandon, that Gnarls asked us to always read his name as a question? You guys always read the names, but every time I'm on the podcast with you guys now, I will also repeat Gnarls as a question. <laughs> So don't worry. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, thanks, everyone, for supporting. Really quick show notes. Wool Shift Dust and Properly Howard Movie Review are both on a break right now. David's got something cooking with Alicia about the Oscars. Uh, Properly Howard Movie Review is going to be covering Severance with us once that comes back. So stay tuned on those feeds. You can find all that in the show notes. For the Lorehounds, week-to-week coverage of True Detective Night Country, really good season so far. Just a couple episodes left. Probably only one more by the time this airs. Uh, you've got Silmarillion stories with of men, second breakfast coming, a new hope we're going we're gonna do in the Star Wars Film Fest, Madam Web preview for MC Universe. You've got Earthsea back with Dragonfly and the other wind if you're a Marilyn Arpukila fan like we are. And we're tracking a couple other shows. Like I think Brandon, we might do something on the Halo series. So yeah, we got to for that. Yeah, we got <laughs> screeners for it. So I feel like that's almost obligatory at this point. Right. Well, it's been fun next month. Brandon, what are we going to talk about? Speaking of Halo? Um, yeah, we're going to we're going to dig into it. Um, we're probably going to discuss Halo as a franchise, um, which is something we haven't really done before uh, on the Lorehounds plays. Um, but there, you know, it's a shooter game. So. Each game has its own story, but it's, you know, it's a shooter. Most of the time you're spending shooting aliens. So we can talk about it more broadly, I think, um, 
because there is some good story in there and uh, we're going to be discussing that next month so look out for that uh, to coincide with our halo television coverage that's going to be a lot of fun i love the halo series it means a lot to me i uh, i grew up on it and i i loved it even through all the <laughs> uh transitions between bungie and 343 industries and all the nonsense going on there so I hope people will come by for it. It seems like season two of the series might be pretty good. Got a new showrunner. The lead actor is really going out there and trying to sell the show. And I'm I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I want it to be good. Um, the first se- the first season had some pretty strong moments, but I will say uh, as a fan, it is mostly bad in a way that I enjoyed, which is not what I want. I don't want to hate watch. Uh, a show about halo uh, i want to like i, I want to be i want to be fed some good nom noms and it seems like we might be i'm i've got i'm i've got high hopes for season two uh, so we'll have to see cool brandon it's been a great time exploring midgar with you i'm sure we'll be back doing this soon and talking about halo soon talking about the uh the nice rings yeah yeah rings this you, you guys talk a lot about rings on the lorehounds um <laughs> we sure do <laughs> uh i will say uh one last bit about uh you know this is the we're in the month that uh rebirth is going to be coming out uh playstation did like as 30 minutes before we started released the state of play talking about um the the game world of rebirth uh some of the some of the it gets a little spoilery honestly in some of the plot points um, but they sort of talk about the scope of it. And uh, if you're listening to this, then there exists a, a demo for Rebirth that you can play right now, which is what I will be doing for the rest of the night. <laughs> Very cool. Brandon, you're on X as yes, Brandon you can the Bard. Find me, you can find me there, soft journaling uh, at Brandon the Bard pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, reach out to me. All right. The Lorehounds are no longer on Twitter, but... You'll find Brandon the Bard there. You sure will. All Most right. importantly, find me on the Discord if you want to talk. Lorehound's Discord's great. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, and we will see you next month. The Lorehound's podcast is produced and published by The Lorehound's. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehound's podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehound's. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the fourth be with you all, all month and beyond.